Hi, I'm Kayla Mendez, Pepperdine Graphic Media's podcast producer. My podcast, Small Studio Sessions, focuses on students who are involved in music, giving them a place to perform and talk about their passions. Small Studio Sessions. You can check it out on YouTube. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Graph. On Tuesday, Pepperdine suspended the Buenos Aires and London programs, the last two locations on foreign soil where students were abroad. Oh. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. This is no. Oh. Hello. Hi. I'm here with some BA friends. Oh, I love Hi. Here's Ashley Mo Reader, the graphics abroad correspondent we mentioned in last week's episode of the Graph. After a long day of covering the London MBA story, I got a call from our faculty advisor, Elizabeth Smith. Okay, so I went home after that day that BA and London got canceled and I was like, oh, I'm ready to go to bed. And then you had called me and so I called you. Uh, what was happening on your end of the story? So I had been tipped off that um, early the next morning, the university um, would get communication campus-wide that there was going to be um, closure. But I didn't know it was going to be through the rest of the semester, and I didn't know that you were going to have to leave campus. I called Caillou Wong, our digital editor, and we decided to get up at 7 a.m. to await the 8 a.m. email. And we went to Coffee Bean at 7 a.m., and even the Coffee Bean barista was like, are you guys shutting down? And we were like, we don't know yet. We're about to find out, actually, in an hour. Then we came up here. No one was here. And we then at 8 a.m. we were we were already drafting the social media post to break the st- the news of what would happen and what the university would announce. So we drafted everything on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and we had a we set a timer for when eight o'clock would go off. And then once it did, we were like, "Where is the email?" Frantically refreshing our emails to see 
what the news would be so we could break it and get it out there. Um, and that that was very crazy because we were learning it and processing. And I was like, okay, now we have to write the social media post, even though I was like, what the heck, school's now canceled the rest of the semester? I'm James Moore, and welcome to The Graph, Pepperdine Graphic Media's news podcast. In today's episode, Pepperdine joins the group of universities who go remote. Today is Friday, March 13th. News assistant Emily Shaw was covering the weekly SGA meeting Wednesday morning. What usually happens every week is they go over their resolutions and anything that they've, any um, proposals they have for for uh, the student body or for their um, specific year. Um, I just sit there and kind of listen to their what they talk about, and I sit there until the meeting ends and then I'm done. And so that's what I was expecting. Um, but then as soon as we get in, we sit down. All of a sudden, someone I forget who it was, but someone tells everyone, "Oh, did you guys get the email? Like it happened. Like they're actually doing it." And then. We were like, what? What is actually happening? And we realized it's like the fact that it, the school is actually going to go online and it's going to be, everyone's going to move out. Um, and so I never, I didn't actually get the email. So I was literally listening to everyone around me telling me what was on it or like conversing with one another. Guys, if you want to take a moment to like call your parents or something, I think we were all like some of us half of us were like oh we didn't get the email what's going on what did they actually say and half of us were like telling each other oh do you want us to forward each other the email wait it, it's it's the rest of the semester yeah oh, we're done it says oh my diplomas will transition and will continue online for the remainder of the spring semester um and so it was it was definitely interesting not what i was expecting I wasn't expecting to get it on this that email on this day. I was actually kind of, um, like, with this whole situation, I kind of had, like, a thought that this would eventually happen. I just didn't know when, but I definitely was not expecting to learn this information during an SGA meeting. Here, um, the Constitution does say that the e-board can cancel any Senate meeting, and so all four of us collectively decided to cancel this meeting and the rest of the meetings for the semester. Immediately following the president's email, campus stood still. Yeah, after we got all the breaking news up on social media, I was like, my first idea was to go down to main campus and film student reactions and kind of cut together different sound bites of how people are reacting. And so I went down there and immediately there's so many people already on main campus hugging and processing and being like, what is happening? Pretty disappointing as a graduating senior. I think the administration should have accounted for that and made more accommodations for those seniors who will be leaving and especially for those of us who are completing our senior theses for example or who live on campus it just makes it very difficult um, like I'm looking at Airbnbs right now <laughs> to stay so but I also filled out the exempt form to stay on campus but there's we don't know when to hear back on that so uh, definitely like in like some sort of like shock mode we just got back here um, from Shanghai the past couple uh, weeks and we were trying to get acclimated to this new life here in Malibu uh, I went home and I just drove out here from Iowa um, and now I have to pretty much just like drive back I don't really have any other choice so definitely like some weird vibes coming in I don't really know exactly what it's gonna be like but I'm sure it'll be fine 
Um, I would say like, I would say partially I'm numb to it at this point. We had the Woolsey fire happen last year, we had the borderline shooting for our, and then now we have like evacuating Shanghai and now we're evacuating Pepperdine's campus this spring. So uh, this is like like the fourth like biggest thing to happen this year, so or this this time in college. So. Uh, for like the for the juniors and uh, for the seniors and for the sophomores, I guess like we're just gonna have to keep rolling with the punches. But I mean, like I don't, I'm not too surprised now. This is just like the luck of the year, I guess. Um, it's it's kind of like a mix of emotions, honestly. It's like on one hand, I get to go home and be with my family, and I think that's a blessing. But on the other, I get to kind of cut my time here pretty short with my friends. I think there will always kind of be a part of the book that's left unwritten. Um, I applaud the university for taking steps to protect our safety. Um, I just think that it came very abruptly. I was in the middle of an HRL meeting, staff-wide, and it was kind of mass pandemonium because no one knew. And I got the indication that none of my, my boss didn't know, like, no one really knew, so it kind of blindsided everyone. Um, and I wish that there was, there was a part to, to kind of transition into this a little bit better, but I know that that's hard. Mm -hmm. It's a very stressful time, not just in terms of dealing with school, but also having to pack and having assignments due before Friday. So I, and it was something I was not expecting. And then going through that and having to talk to my parents and try to figure out the situation since I do live in Puerto Rico and I am trying to, but if it doesn't work, I'm afraid I have to fly back home because I have nowhere to go. So that's like still something I'm still digesting, but. The university was receiving a lot of criticism so we wanted to hear their side of the story. After the break, assistant news editor Kyle McCabe talks to Phil Phillips, Pepperdine's senior VP of administration. My name is Gianni Coquella and I serve as PGM's uh, Pixel editor. The Pixel is PGM's weekly newsletter where we send out highlights about our top stories and upcoming events and other relevant newsworthy information. Essentially what I do every week is I try to keep in touch with all the stories that are coming through at Pepperdine and even kind of around the world too. I mean, I try to make sure that I'm covering things that are really important nationally, internationally, and at Pepperdine so that when I do write the Pixel, people are able to get a glimpse in what's going on both here on campus and in our community, but also around the world. You can find the Pixel on the Pepperdine Graphic website. Welcome back. Here's Kyle. I'm writing a story about the decision-making process the Emergency Operations Committee went through in sending classes to online for the rest of the semester. And who did you talk to for the story? I talked to Phil Phillips. So I serve as the chief operating officer for the university, and I also uh, serve as the chair of the emergency operations committee. Mm -hmm. So along with Gary Hansen, he's our, he, we're co-chairs. We uh, lead that group during emergencies. We have an infectious disease task force that supports what we call the EOC, that's the yeah, emergency yeah. operations thing. So during times of sort of like emergency, we convene this committee, which is made up of all the senior leaders of the university so that the whole university is represented in one space. 
Um, they've had to deal with emergencies in the past, including borderline Woolsey and uh, things before most of the students on campus now were here. I think the first newspaper articles were in December. We were kind of reading and watching that. We've been through a few of these in the past, none that impacted us like this one has. But there were there was SARS. There was a thing called H5N1. There was a thing called H1N1. And so we have a plan, and that's how we have this infectious disease task force, is we realized we needed certain people and certain roles represented on that task force. And so that task force started meeting early in January. And then, of course, when things started to get tense in China and we were in constant communication with Charlie, our director in China, through the International Programs Office, and there, and that's part of, of the Infectious Disease mm-hmm. Task Force. Beth is, the, is on that. Um, we were we had to meet say looks we got to get all the information we can get and figure out what's the best course of action and uh you sort of talked about the power um like sort of how the power works with Jim Gash and that committee uh was did anything surprise you about the way that that works well i think that um the student body generally assigns any sort of big decisions like uh, canceling in-person class for the rest of the semester to the president of the school. A lot of the criticism was directed at President Gash. In fact, the email that canceled classes came from him. So uh, while he is sort of responsible for it, he's not the one that actually makes the decision. Uh, would you say that the um, emergency um, committee has... Uh, sort of the final say in these kinds of matters or is your role to like advise President Gash and like he has the final say or something like that? Yeah, good question. Um, President Gash is on the Emergency Operations Committee and um, participates in all that. So he's right in Mm -hmm. the middle of that and his chief of staff is in it. Um, And what we try to, the Emergency Operations Committee and President Gash are the last word, and I say it that way because we work to consensus. Yeah. You know, we don't, we don't, if someone's got a concern about a direction we're going, we try to work through it as a group. And, and President Gash is very careful about wanting, he, he wants to hear what other people are saying. But of course, we put a lot of weight on what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. He ultimately, it's ultimately his responsibility. Yeah. You know, he's the one that in the end, we're not going to do something that he doesn't think we should do. Yeah. So then um, is there a requirement of like a unanimous vote or uh, something along those lines? Or it's, is it just... um, it's, it's more, it's not as formalized as that. Yeah. We don't actually vote. Yeah. Um, we have conversations and mm-hmm. we try to make, we create a space where people um, feel like they can, offer their honest opinion about their area. So student affairs, our vice president, Horton, you know, we, we need to know what are her people saying. And, um, so we have that kind of a, a place where people feel like they can offer their concerns, their ideas. Um, and, and then we talk about it and we'll even say, I, 
you know, I think we're getting consensus on this. Yeah. And, um, and we're always making sure if, Pre- if President Gash is in agreement with it, then we're good to go. Uh, like, what were your sort of expectations of the sort of answers that you were going to get versus what he he gave you? Because when I listened to it, it was a very, like, candid interview, which I thought was pretty unique with an administrator. Yeah, he was very open to all of my questions. Um, one thing I definitely wasn't surprised about was that he emphasized the university's need to protect the students um, and protect the community. I asked about what the major factors were in making their decision to suspend in-person classes. And he said the number one thing is always safety. And I think it's interesting, Kyle, that it was yesterday that we decided we need to go. We need to let students go back home because we don't. That all the experts that we work with, and we and we work with infectious disease experts mm-hmm. as well, as well as the agencies who have experts in them, they're all telling us this is not this is going to continue to get worse. And um, but at the time, no other school in LA had made that decision. There were schools up north, like Stanford had made the decision, yeah. Harvard had made the decision. Um, but UCLA, USC, um, all those that, that made the decision hadn't. And I wasn't, I have, I was trying to call one of my colleagues at one of those schools to see, like, what are you guys going to do? I would, but she and I could never connect. We just traded calls. Um, and next thing you know, like, we're, we've made a decision, but we're, didn't know if we would be, you know, out in front of all the other schools or yeah. not. But by the time we kind of got consensus built with all of our stakeholders, uh, USC, UCLA, Loyola, they'd all changed. So yeah. it, it's remarkable to me how complex all this decision making is that these schools kind of came, at least we came to it independently. And it was very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it shows that we're all watching the same things and being careful in that way. But something he added to that was... Uh, the aspect of how vulnerable different community members are to the virus. He talked about how most students are um, young, healthy, 20-something-year-olds who probably would not die from the coronavirus. They would get about as sick as they would if they got the flu or maybe even not as sick. But um, since it can be uh, very deadly to... Um, people who have uh, pre-existing conditions or uh, people who are elderly. Um, and we have people that fit those descriptions in our community. Um, he said they had to make a decision that's best um, for the entire community and not just for the majority. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of like blowback from students at all college campuses, not just Pepperdine, but for how you know administrations are handling this. Uh, you asked him about that. What what did he have to say in terms of that? Um, his message about that was just that no matter what decision they made, they were going to be ridiculed for it. We have you should know we have students and community members on this side who are afraid of nothing. You know what I mean? Like they can mm-hmm. tolerate any kind of risk and they kind of like it. We have people over here who are 
terribly frightened and some who are really vulnerable mm-hmm. to the to this physically. Yeah. But then the bulk is in the between those. If you know if you think of those as a spectrum, the yeah. bulk's in between. But we have to make decisions thinking about all of those groups. And um it's hard and we so we, that's why we understand when we make a decision, we always get criticized because <laughs> yeah. we either get criticized from this side or we get criticized from this side and so it's it's one of those where it's a balance. I think that the tipping point for the university to suspend classes throughout the rest of the semester was a sort of serious look at the logistics of moving students around the country and around the world within the next few weeks. And so coming back to the decision in terms of the um, duration, we really went back and forth. We said, what if what if we did two weeks? Um, you should know this. Most of the schools that are doing two weeks don't have a calendar like ours. We're, yeah. We have a very different calendar. Most of the schools that did it are still on spring break. So they are, it's a very different situation for them when the students come back. You know, they've got this, some of them, the students are already gone. And um, and so they can just say at a certain point, don't come back because we we need to see what this thing is. But most of them are just hoping that something changes and and then uh, and then they can bring the students back and keep going. The problem with that is imagine if we if we do that and the students we just they leave all their stuff in the dorms and we say you're going to come back to it but you can't because it's gotten worse which all the experts are telling us that's what's going to happen mm-hmm. we don't know for sure but we have to make a decision and so then what happens <clears throat> then there might not be they might not be able to get back here or you have to buy another airfare to get back here and and I had talked by that time I did get in touch with a colleague at another school here in LA who did that and they said the thing we're hearing from our students is it's why are you making us like go and then come back and it's frustrating to yeah. people who don't necessarily um they aren't able to make plans then yeah. so it's like okay you're going to be off for 2 weeks but that two weeks might turn into four or might be the whole six weeks of the rest of the semester, which is the most likely. It would just be, in a sense, a logistic nightmare to try to send people home for only two or three weeks and bring them back. And then you asked about uh, cases on campus of coronavirus. What did he have to say about that? And, and what, uh, like what, what did you learn by asking that question, I guess, about how they're they're looking into that. Yeah. Um, so there have been plenty of rumors around campus about people being tested for coronavirus. I've heard there have been rumors of, like, there are kids who have it, which, like, obviously, yeah. President Gash dismissed those. But do you, are you aware of anyone even being tested for it or oh, yeah. anything people like that? Oh, yeah. People are tested for it. Yeah, for sure. Because that's part of being responsible Mm -hmm. and safe and the way that works so you know is our health center is in direct communication with la county public health that's the agency that really oversees this and gives us directives and so la county public health is the one that has to tell us like test this person don't test this person that kind of thing and that's what we do 
Okay. Thankfully, we haven't had one yet. Not to say we couldn't. Yeah, but there ha- we haven't had a. <laughs> so there's been people on on our campus tested, but nobody's tested positive yet. That's right. Okay. <laughs> because in and this is always a situation with a pandemic. Yeah. You know, is that people still get sick with the regular flu. Mm-hmm. They get a cold, and the symptoms are often very similar. And so we have to be really careful that we don't think of anyone who is sick as having the coronavirus. Yeah. You know, in fact, the odds are very much the opposite. Yeah. Talking to uh, Mr. Phillips um, gave a bit of perspective to me about just how difficult this type of decision is, um, because I talk to him a lot about just the EOC itself and what they do. And um, they, when there's a emergency like this, they uh, have to spend as much time as they can together talking about it. And so he, he talked about the hours and hours of meetings that they had and have will continue to have related to the coronavirus. You should know, Kyle, that they, the people making these decisions, they feel the weight of the decision. And yeah. they, it, what is in their hearts is genuine care for our students and our, all of our, you know, our faculty members and our staff members. But they truly care. And it is, uh, they are working so hard. And President Gash at the top of the list, I mean, he feels it. He knows how important it is, and he gets that there's no one easy answer. If there were easy answers to any of these things, you, we wouldn't. I wouldn't be doing this part yeah. of the, my job. You know, mm-hmm. it, they're hard, and so know that we care really deeply, and we seek, we pray about it, we seek God's guidance in it, we are informed, we have the best. Um, resources that you can get in terms of doctors. Our own Dr. Larson is incredible. Um, so just know that. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't mean we don't make mistakes. doesn't mean we're, we make all great decisions, but um, I'm very proud of the, of the group and, and President Gash is a great leader in this. Well, thank, thanks for taking the time. Yeah. To sit down thank with you me. for doing I appreciate it. it. I appreciate it. Sure. Good luck. All right. Thanks, Kyle. For all of us as we were reporting, it was hard to separate our coverage with how this news tangibly impacts our lives. Then I came back with Austin Hall, who is one of our staff writers, who went down and did interviews with me. And then we got to work on writing the article of how students were reacting. And even putting that piece together was, there was a point where I wanted to cry, because I think at that point, that's when I was like, oh, wow. My college career experience here in Malibu is done. And I think it was one of those moments where when you're reporting, what you're reporting on really hits you. And that was like one of those moments when we're putting that together, that piece. You're directly affected by what you're reporting on. Yeah, absolutely. And because I've reported on it for the last two days, I haven't packed anything. Got <laughs> 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 to move out of my George Page apartment. So you, you can go do that now. <laughs> Thanks, <Yeah>. Caillou. <laughs> On Thursday, many sports leagues, including the NHL and NBA, ended their seasons due to coronavirus concerns. 
The NCAA canceled play for the rest of the year, impacting 10 of Pepperdine's sports teams that are currently in season. Today, Pepperdine canceled its annual Bible lecture series, the first cancellation of the program in 76 years. That's all for today. See you on Monday when the graph goes daily with in-depth coverage of the impact the coronavirus has on and off campus. I'm James Moore. See you next time. Kayla Mendez is our podcast producer. Cameron Gordon is our production manager. Robbie McMurray is our technical supervisor. Maddie Carr is our managing editor and our executive editor is Chana Steinmetz. Our theme song is written by Jeremy Zerby. Our logo is designed by Natalie Rubon. Elizabeth Smith and Courtney Stallings are the PGM advisors. This episode was recorded in the KWVS podcast studio. The Graph is a Pepperdine Graphic Media production.